When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another episode of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason Lacanfora. You read him, you check his stuff out. He's all over the place, including the Washington Post. And Jason, all right, we're almost there. And I say that because now we're at week ten. It's like this season has just flown by, bro. It really has. But last night, we saw something I don't think a lot of people expected to see. And that was the Eagles losing for the first time this season against the Washington Commanders. Let's start there as we take a look back, guys, at what happened. Make sure you subscribe. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And, Jason, all right, missed calls, but turnovers killed the Eagles last night. This is what they've done to everybody else, and last night it happened to them. Well, and, and look, and, and if you were sizing this game up from a gambling standpoint and you weren't factoring in the Eagles' unbelievable takeaway, there is some luck involved in that and the inevitable regression, then you hadn't been paying attention. And I factored that into um, sort of my take on that game and, and thought that they would turn it over a time or two. Uh, and I thought Washington would, would cover but I didn't think Washington would win by 11 points, which was the spread that they were getting. Yeah. And really, look, they were due, the Eagles were for some regression in terms of their turnover luck. And it, we saw it really come to fruition. And But for me, the final turnover was the difference in the game. And it, it certainly felt like the Eagles started to get their sea legs under them in the third quarter. The defense had been on the field for a while, but now the offense is actually moving the ball and giving them some rest. And it, 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 long strike down the field from from Hurts uh, to Watkins, he's got it. He's they're already in field goal range. He gets up, obviously gets stripped from behind. That fumble really kind of cemented it, right? That and and a few interesting sort of calls. Uh, the Eagles basically screwing themselves out of the two minute warning and, and losing another opportunity to stop the clock. I mean, there was a lot that went into it. Um, and the Eagles were going to lose a ball game soon. I think the 11 that they lost by is a little misguided, but they don't stop the run very well since Jordan Davis went down. And that's just yeah. a reality for them. Um, that's an issue. And it's not like Washington was averaging five yards a carry or anything like that, but there was enough volume there for Washington and enough plays where they got themselves. It was always third and one, third and two, third and one, third and two. And then they dominated third down kept drives alive, wore the Eagles' defense out. Um, look, Washington's a decent football operation and have been for a while. Sleeping on their defense, and I've been making a lot of money on them. Um, I didn't think they'd win this game by 11, Carl. Uh, and you knew Heineke was going to throw a terrible interception, and he did. But they still <laughs> overcame it because the Eagles turned it over three times. So kind of a weird ball game. Um and kind of indicative of where this league is right now, I guess. Yeah, th- there is a lot of parity, right? I mean, 
we say this, right? Any given Sunday, Al Pacino, any given Sunday. Yeah. But it really is. I mean, any given Monday night. I kind of agree with you uh, about the, the commanders. They've shown flashes. They can be in games and be, you know, uh, in leads. But here's the deal. What is Heineke? Is he right. a serviceable guy? Is he a playoff quarterback? Is he just a backup? What is Heineke? Because I got to be honest, Jason, every time I see this guy, I'm impressed. I'm like, he's a leader. He's getting the job done. He's making the throws that need to be that, that need to be made. And he he's fearless. Like when I saw Carson Wentz early yeah. in the season, Wentz was passive. He wasn't aggressive with his throws. Heineke's like, screw it. I'm throwing it out there. And he's making plays. Well, and he's letting people like Scary Terry make plays with far more volume than Wentz did. There's no doubt about that. He, he's he's almost fearless to a fault, though, because there's going to be a moment in a game, no matter where game flow is and no matter how detrimental it may be to doing this, where he's going to throw it up for grabs, not just a 50-50 ball, but like a 33% ball because the guy's <laughs> double covered, right? right so right. Dude, there's, there's a 66% chance they get it, 30% chance your guy gets it. Or he's going to be under duress, and instead of throwing it into the stands, he's going to throw it into the middle of the field, and the free safety is going to come down with it. And so, like, that's what really holds him back. But, yes, they play with more energy. They play, I think, with a different sort of verve um, and swagger when he's there. They want to make plays for him. He wants to put them in positions to make plays. Uh, and, again, the defense, since about week four or five, has been really good. And we can talk about who they played or who they haven't played. We can do that game. For everybody, but it's become an elite pressure rate defense. It's become an elite third down defense. Um, they've gotten much better against the run from where they were, say, the first time they faced the Eagles. Uh, I don't entirely trust the coaching staff. And and a part of me really thought they were going to end up losing that game by like three points. But they were opportunistic. They got that final turnover that they really, really needed, you know. Without that, I think the Eagles go in and we're talking about the Eagles being 9-0 and and surviving Washington and, you know, winning 28-26 or whatever. Um, but the NFC East is going to be incredibly interesting, right? Um, I know we're going to talk about Green Bay and Dallas in a minute and what really are the Cowboys. We could quibble about the Giants all we want. All they do is win football games under Brian Dable. Um, and now the Eagles have, for the first time all year, fallen back to the back. So... That's going to be a really fun race down to the wire. I think the Eagles and Eagle fans, no need to panic, right? You've sure. been really good for eight weeks. What you've seen is real. This is the NFL. And some people will say this is good because the pressure's off now, sure. right? Yeah. We're not going to go undefeated, but we got a hell of a team and we can make the Super Bowl. So for Eagles fans, I don't think they need to panic and I don't think they yeah. will. Carl Dukes along with Jason Lacanfora in the huddle subscribe wherever you get your podcast guys tell your friends about us like us and we put new episode episodes out every tuesday and thursday let's talk about this game with green bay since we're talking about the nfc mm -hmm. they find a way to beat the, the cowboys 31 28 i thought mike mccarthy screwed this game up listen it's the easy narrative to say kick the field goal but mike kick the field goal you're on the road give your team a chance at least to say hey we're on the board and then we got to get a stop Either way, it didn't play out that way. But this game was more about, to me, Jason, Aaron Rodgers. And Sunday morning on my national show on CBS Sports Radio, I said, Aaron hasn't taken control of putting guys on his back and just yeah. making guys around him better. He did that Sunday. It wasn't about everybody else. It was about, I'm going to make every throw. I'm going to put it in the perfect spot. I'm going to give my guys a chance to elevate their game. 
and Watson did that. I thought other guys did it. The run game was there. Yeah. This was the Green Bay team offensively that I kind of been waiting for, but it started with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and and honestly, I'm shocked that the Packers were able to pull that off and Aaron Rodgers was able to pull that off because this looked like the perfect opportunity for the Cowboys to close. I mean, this is supposed to be a closing defense, number one pressure rate in the NFL. Yep. At 28-14 on the road with how that defense is built, that should have been lights out. Um, we, I'm old enough to remember a week ago where Green Bay can't complete a pass in the red zone against the Lions, who hemorrhage yards and points. It's historically horrible defense. And I get it, week to week, it, things change. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, Parsons has been on the injury report a lot. That's a really beat-up Packers offensive line. Um, I'm shocked that the Cowboys kick a field goal, don't kick a field goal. 28-14 on the road against a horrible – an offense that's been absolutely horrible pretty Correct. much all season long. Um, that should have been enough. And a hundred, the last 195 times the Cowboys were in that scenario, it was enough. I wonder what that means for the defense because it's clear, like, Dallas does not have an abundance of riches in the in, in the receiving category. They, 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 that's why they're – that's why they're, they're – everybody there is falling all over – Odell, and I don't know that he's enough to save the day. But, like, C.D. Lamb and Dak are not on the same page. Amari Cooper not having that true burner on the outside has been a problem for them. And on a day where Pollard wasn't special, they kind of ran out of ideas offensively. That's why I go back to the defense because that really is the star there. And if that defense, as the season goes on, isn't special – then this is the same old Cowboys. These are the, it's the same old. The Don't say that. The reality. Jason, I'm just telling you. You're going to piss I, I off a lot of Cowboy game. fans right now. I came out of that game <laughs> far more thinking about my natural skepticism for all things Jerry Jones coming through than me saying, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers figured it out, and now that's a real thing there, and look out for the Packers. I'm, I'm looking at that game more like these dudes have been a little fraudulent in the past. Now would be a bad time to revert to form. <laughs> All right, you bring up a great point. Because to your point, you're up 14. It should have been a wrap. Here's the reality of where the Cowboys are. Dan Quinn was asked about this, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. They've given up 477 yards their last two games, okay? This is a team that was stifling the run, and you said it, best pressure rate in, in, in the NFL. That didn't happen. And now they're giving up 143 yards per game on the ground. They're giving up run game yards that they weren't giving up. So you're right. The concern for Cowboy fans, sorry, is does the defense get right? And let's shift blame a little bit to, to, to Dak Prescott. Look, for all the crap we give Aaron Rodgers, he makes a lot of plays. He does it when it needs to be done more times than not. Dak has yet to do that in a big situation, Jason. And you needed that. I thought they needed that on Sunday from him. And I don't think they got it from him. And I'm not going to define Dak's career because he's got a lot more left. But in these games where you're facing guys like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, his game has to elevate. And I haven't seen that happen yet. I'm with you. Um, that's why I'm going to take it back to the defense because I'm old enough to remember Jerry Jones every week manufacturing a quarterback controversy like Cooper Rush was something great. No, all Cooper Rush was doing was not turning the ball over. It was everything That's else right. was working. 
game flows into his favor because the defense is creating early turnovers and all he has to do is dink and dunk and they got you know they're getting uh changing up the personnel packages and they're leaning into more two tight end stuff and when we go empty we're not going empty to beat you deep we're going empty just to boop, 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 boop. they were trending towards being an elite team because the offense had to just play kiss football keep it simple stupid the right. other unit's gonna the other unit's stealing the show. If if that's not really the case anymore because of them getting a little predictable and some of that, you know, cover three stuff getting exposed, and it's it that's been known to happen. Or guys just, you know, Parsons is no longer in, in peak form and he's not able to shed double teams like he could earlier in the year, and other guys just aren't stepping up and Tank Lawrence is wearing down then that, that's a whole different scenario. Um, I don't think they're – I don't think Kellen Moore is a savior. I don't think Dak Prescott is a guy who's going to single-handedly go out and be able to slay the dragon week in and week out when they don't have superior talent um, in certain matchups. And the group around him isn't as special as Jerry thinks it is. So the margins are slim, man, and and – I, I could see some self-doubt creeping in on that team a little bit. And I also have a concern that now the owner is going to see this as his opening to say, and he's such a part of this. It really, it really was. It was Zeke all along. It really was. <laughs> if we have Zeke in that ball game. We win that ball game. I don't oh, care what anybody else says. Right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then yeah. the message gets through to everybody in the coaching staff. Like, now we got, now we're really kind of in a little mini crisis. And now we got to lean on the worst running back to appease the owner. Okay. That's not a winning formula. It's not. Uh, and and listen, if that happens, which it probably will. It might. It might. It's a terrible thing for the Cowboys. Pollard's been better. That's not their issue. Right. Jason Lockham for guys. Carl Dukes, put him up. Our man Brian Baldinger will join us on Thursdays as we look ahead to Sunday's matchups. As we take a look back in this episode of what happened, before we get to I thought was the maybe the best game all year, Vikings-Bills. Woo! I got to ask you about what the hell happened to the Raiders. How does Jeff Saturday get off the couch with a bagel in his mouth three days earlier and then goes on the road and beats Josh McDaniels and the Raiders? The Raiders are a complete blank show right now, guys. And and I'm watching this press conference after the game on Sunday. And and (laughs) Derek Carr. Now, I'll tell you guys, I've known Derek Carr since he's about 10 years old. His brother David played for the Houston Texans. He used to come to practice all the time. Mm -hmm. He's a little chubby guy throwing the ball around. I never thought that David Carr or Derek Carr would turn into what he's turned into. An amazing story, really good guy. But he's crying at the podium, Jason. And I'm saying, what the hell is going on inside this locker room? What is going on with Josh McDaniels? Um, look, they're a really flawed football team. There's there's no two ways about it. Uh I, I'm not ready to crown anything about what the Colts did. I I I I the owner the owner took control of his team and he flexed his muscles. He pulled a tank job, and I think over a large sample size, you're gonna see that pulling the guy off his couch with a bagel in his mouth isn't gonna work week in, week out. But from the Raiders standpoint, the defense is is just is horrible, you know. And they every week they cut another former first round pick on that side of the ball to kind of send the message that this is what we, we inherited. Yeah, this we is, don't have anything. Hey, yeah, yeah. They thought this guy was the twenty fifth best player in the country. Our defense sucks, and he can't even be a backup on our bleepity bleep defense. 
They're so, saying they're saying Mike Mayock screwed this up. Oh, right? and yeah, and Gruden. Jonathan Taylor had been beaten, bruised. He'd spent more time getting his ankle wrapped this year than he had been celebrating touchdowns. And he goes for a buck fifty. I mean, he tears off a sixty-seven yard touchdown run. Like, uh, yeah, that wasn't happening in the first nine weeks. I mean, the game's on the line, and Matt Ryan scrambles for thirty-nine yards. Like, unreal, unreal. You know, like, ha- what are we? What what's going on? Like. How was that? How does that happen? Um, and look, the way the game flow went, the defense couldn't get early stops. Now you can't hand it off to Jacobs, you know, 40 times, which is probably the game plan going in. Um, the offense has yet to put forth four quarters where it operated. There's been parts in all these games where the offense, you know, outside of maybe a game or two falls apart first long stretches of time and looks like it doesn't have an identity doesn't know where to put the ball um but that's a football game you got to find a way to win at home against a team that literally couldn't find anybody to call their plays and you know is doing a weird you know science experiment at the coaching spot um going back to matt ryan though sort of covertly did give them a little bit of a shot in the arm. Not that he's a savior at this stage of his career or even a winning quarterback over a long span. But, I mean, the, the Ellinger thing was – was I mean, it was what it was. It was a tank job. Um, I mean, that kid had no – there was no no business running him out there when you've got two other quarterbacks on the roster who have won games in this league. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders, I, I don't know, man. Like, they're not close. Like, they're not close. Jason, let's and- – let, let Chandler Jones this. is a wash, right? They're stuck with him for another year with huge guaranteed yep. money. That's yep. that's that's a sunk cost. And they traded the two picks. And they hemorrhaged last year's draft for Devontae Adams because they that's thought right. they were close. And there's not a whole lot of tradable stuff. It's, it's not going to be easy for them to recoup those picks. And I really go back to where you started. They did an extension with Carr. It was a fake extension, though. They didn't really buy. They didn't. He's he's tied to them for four or five years. They're tied to him for this year. And then it's pay as you go. Right. So that's going to be like they put all these weapons around them, at least in their mind. Now, Waller's barely played. And Redfro, even when he played early in the year, didn't look right. And then they shut him down too. But how much longer are they going to go down that road if it really looks like a rebuild? Let me ask you this about Josh McDaniels. Maybe he's just a really good assistant coach. Maybe he's just a really good assistant coach under Bill Belichick. Maybe he's not a great freaking head coach. And we're seeing it again because this team he inherited was better than I thought the team he got in Denver. And he should be further along with this team offensively. I'm watching them offensively. It's crap. I mean, let's not forget they didn't score one week. They didn't yeah. score a point a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, against the Saints, who <laughs> the defense has looked pedestrian at best since then. I mean, the Steelers haven't run the ball all year, and Najee's five a carry against the Saints. I, I mean, I'm with you. The Saints play Baltimore, and Baltimore's got no wide receivers, and they don't have Mark Andrews, and they don't have any of their top running backs, and they gutted them. So, yeah, I, I think that probably says more about the Raiders than it says about New Orleans. Um, I don't know that Mark Davis is going to be willing to, after just going through the Gruden thing, and I don't know what that settlement's ultimately going to look like. And there's obviously litigation in court. And 
I, I don't think he's going to be willing to, eat, to admit defeat on this anytime soon or even after this year. But that also keeps bringing me back to the quarterback thing, though, because if he doesn't want to blow anybody out now, and he did give these guys long-term extensions, then it may be sort of that point in time where you're like, okay, we've got to find a new quarterback, and that's going to be our way out of here. And let's see what we can get for Carr, and let's see what we can get for a guy here and a guy there, and try to position ourselves to go and get a quarterback in the first round who we think is going to be our guy for the next 10 years. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday as we talk about the NFL every week. We take you inside the stories and give you inside scoops, guys. All right, best game I've seen all year. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see another one like this. But Vikings-Bills, 33-30. I've never seen, Jason, and I know we've both watched football and been around it all our lives. I've never seen, okay, a team with a chance to take a take a knee at the goal line and win the game, and they botch it. Yeah, and that's a new one. Cool. I hadn't seen it. I mean, I'm watching the game, and I said, I literally, I screamed. I, I, I can't believe I just saw that. Yeah. And they recover. Obviously, the, the, the uh, Vikings recover. They recover for a touchdown, and then it's a whole new ball game. All right, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. Josh Allen, turnover mm-hmm. problem. Six interceptions past three games. Yep. Six interceptions past three games. Bills fans, we can talk about all this other stuff. Josh Allen right now is part of the issue, if not the issue. He's the issue. Because the game flow in all these games, like if he just keeps it simple, stupid himself, if he stays within himself, um, they're they're probably, you know, we'd be looking at them saying that's the team that's got the inside track for – the first seed in the AFC because they they do have that win at Arrowhead. It's not just six picks in the last three weeks, four in the red zone and one just outside of the red zone, and five in the second half in the second half or overtime. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown in the second half of a football game since like week six. Um, brutal, brutal. And 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 these are situations where, okay, if you want to. The, the fourth down one in this last one, if you want to say, hey, where they were in the game, you you you, you can maybe convince me that forcing something isn't the end of the world. But the almost all of them have taken points off the board. Like the, the not just the opportunity, but at least the three. It's taken at least the three or what the what the analytics would tell you is way more likely than not to be a field goal off the board in, in what have been, you know, close games. And it's between his ears. This is in his head. We've seen this from him in Wyoming. We saw a lot of this from him his first season in the NFL. We saw a lot of it through the first half of his second season in the NFL. And then it seemed like, you know, the, the message that the Bills kept giving him, which is sometimes less is more, started to, to get to him and started to become his new ethos. But – is he going to be a double agent all season? I don't think so. No. But, like, I also don't think he just flips a switch and goes back to being MVP Josh Allen. Um, because he noticed it himself. Go back to the second half of the Green Bay game where, like, they still won convincingly. He came out of that game and, like, his body language and what he was saying was, I can't do that. That's not good enough. That can't be who we are. That ends tonight. And now here we are three weeks later. It's a great point. It is. Um, I got to admit something. 
I may be, I might have been wrong about Kirk Cousins. This is hard for me to admit, Jason. I've not bought into Cousins, not last year, not the year before, not three years ago. Yeah. Yes. And here he is winning again because he's been here. He's won, right? And you can't debate that. He's compiled but a lot of numbers. He has. And, and so I've been like, listen. Speaking of frauds, I just don't buy into it. You know, I see him on the plane last week with the gold chains on, you know, Purple Eight's doing his thing. Okay. He's playing really damn well right now. And he is not the reason why they're not winning. He's the reason why they are winning. And I got to give him credit. And I think people around the country have been hesitant like me to say, okay, Vikings, look at their record, but are they a real contender? Kevin O'Connell's doing a great job. We want to give everybody else credit around him. Oh, he's got Jefferson. Look at his defense. It's Kirk Cousins. Cousins, I got to give him credit, Jason. I got I to gotta show him some love. Look, he's played winning football. He hasn't been a double agent at critical junctures. And we can quibble. It's going to be the same thing with Tua because you got the Tyreek factor there. Like, Jefferson does things that most people on this planet can't do. Jefferson is so big in the biggest moments. Jefferson's one of those rare birds where everybody knows that's where cousin want, Cousins wants to put the ball, and it works anyway. And it works in ridiculous scenarios like fourth and 18 when no play should work, let alone him finding the main guy and him making a, a, a miraculous play to help you eventually win a game that, that a lot of people didn't think you were going to win. So, I mean, I, I don't know how to source, you know, suss out how much goes – Credit goes here and there and there and there. But the Vikings are a winning football operation. The Vikings go into games believing. Um, it's the polar opposite of what it was under Zimmer. Under Zimmer, it was pretty clear. They played a lot of back and forth tight games. And then in the fourth quarter, they found ways to lose. And this is the exact opposite. Is it sustainable? Is it going to work every week? Is it going to work in the playoffs three straight weeks against really good teams? I don't know. I don't know. Um, they have their issues but so does everybody else. And there's a vibe there. There's a, a culture there. There's a belief there that makes the team dangerous. And that's a dangerous football team right now. I don't know any other way to say it. Like they don't think they have to fear anybody right now. And maybe they don't. They're only lost to the Eagles. Um, listen, and everybody said this was going to be the test. They passed. I mean, it was close. They should have lost, okay? Yeah. They should have lost. You you get the snap, you take a knee, they and, lose the game. And it's a dome team, right? It's a team, oh, well, they need the fast track. They need the perfect elements. They, they you know, they need to – they can't win on the road against a good team when it's cold and flurrying and all that. Yeah, I, I think it's a big feather in their cap. I do too. All right, guys, I want to bring up MVP just quickly. You brought up Tua. Before we wrap up, um, the MVP race starting to kind of shape out a little bit, right? You got to admit, Hertz is still in the mix, even though they lost yep. last night. I don't know if you want to talk about Cousins, because again, the record speaks for itself. But Tua Tonga Vailoa, yep. let's talk about how good he's been since, you know, this team is 7 1 in games he's played, Jason. He hasn't thrown a pick, guys, since September. Okay? It's. We're about to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. Tua has been great. And I know the game that he didn't finish had to do with the concussion. So you don't really look at that game and say, well, they lost that game. He he didn't finish the game. 
But the point is, Tua is deserving of being in the MVP conversation, and some people think that's crazy. What do you think? No, you can't have the conversation without him. Look, when when he started and finished the game, they haven't lost. That's a fact. Um, he's the number one passer in the NFL by passer rating. He's number one in yards per attempt. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's, I, I mean, there's really not a metric that he, he, you could evaluate quarterbacks in this league and not have to be a part of the elite equation. Um, it's the first time he's had coaching that's really leaned into him and people around him are really believe in him. And they obviously spent the off season trying to put more weapons around him. And it's, it's absolutely positively working. Um, Look, for me, Patrick Mahomes is in his own tier now, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to end up. I agree. I think I've said coming into the year, him throwing for 45 to 50 touchdowns would not surprise me at all. Um, They're going to win a lot of football games, and he's going to continue to play at a truly Hall of Fame level, even without Tyreek Hill, and that's going to be the case. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know how you couldn't have Tua in that – sort of headspace. And I'll be fascinated to see, like, does this have to just be a quarterback thing? Like, how much of it is Jefferson? How much of it is Tyreek Hill? Sure. You know, how, how like, are some are some guys at other positions really, you know, given an opportunity to win this thing, or is it just the best quarterback on the planet in any given year? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's Mahomes, and then everybody else. To your point, so it'll be interesting to what? see how this how this shakes out. But we got you know seven more weeks, seven more yeah. weeks to kind of figure this out. Jason, great job as always, man. I love the fact that you are here, and we appreciate you guys checking us out in the huddle. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, Brian Balding will be with us on Thursdays. We'll take a look ahead to what's going to happen coming up this weekend. And remember, subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us, guys. The podcast is doing so well. So I want to thank everybody for checking us out, and we'll continue to grow this thing. Jason, man, have a great week. You and too, uh, buddy. Looking forward to some more great football. Everybody take care.